Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, our weekly spin-off podcast. I'm Paul Verhoeven, that's John Verhoeven. Uh, Dad used to be a cop in the 1980s in Sydney and I am an author who wrote several books about him. Just for those of you who have somehow missed the boat on that. Uh, Listen, last episode we mentioned in passing uh, the case of a Ballarat woman who's gone missing. Her name's Samantha Murphy. This is one of those things folks where a lot of you are talking about it we're getting messages about this case it's very very much ongoing it's early days it's literally being talked about in the news right now so we thought we'd check in dad you've been following this case somewhat so samantha murphy went missing the victoria police are talking about her um she's from ballarat she's 51 years old she went missing at about 7 a.m on sunday february the 4th and she's not been seen since then so this is you know like 11 days ago so what are your thoughts on this, Dad? And bear in mind, again, the, the cement is very much still wet. She's still missing. Talk me through your insights into this case. I'm very much aware that everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's talking about it, both here and overseas. It's a long time to be missing. It's a tight community, as is um, very evident by the number of volunteers mm-hmm. that spent a long time you know, on, on horseback, motorbike, foot, bicycle, car, four-wheel drive. Um, the, the aircraft aspect of this particular case is made very difficult because of the, the canopy. Yeah. You, you can't see down onto the floor. I do have my own theories. Just to put things in context, mm. she was going for a jog. So basically, Correct. I mentioned before she went missing on the morning of February the 4th. Uh, she's from Ballarat, and she left the house for a jog. Now, she's a mother of three. A lot of people are really, really concerned, and th- there's massive searches going on right now. People are trying to figure out where she went. They're using CCTV. They're talking to witnesses. But yeah, she was going for a jog. And as a jogger, Dad, I'm curious as to how long somebody would have to be gone before you wondered where they were. You've dealt with missing persons cases before, haven't you? I have, and... Um... While I was doing research, I mean, I've been following this case um, since day one. Mm -hmm. There are some very, very unusual aspects. Um, But then while I was doing research, I then came across an equally tragic case of an unsolved similar situation that occurred 41 years ago and the family to this day are still reliving that traumatic day. 
It's a tight community. It's a it's an affluent um, suburb of Ballarat. It's sort of got this beautiful sort of semi-rural, big blocks of land, mm-hmm. big homes, um, swimming pools. It was going to be a very, very hot day. I believe, Paul, you've experienced some fairly warm days in Victoria. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was about uh, 38, 39, 40 last, uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah, I was struggling. Terribly hot. Yeah. So Samantha, very sensibly, she's obviously a very strong-willed woman. Strong-willed in the sense uh, from her friends and colleagues, family have said she's a emotionally and mentally very strong, but also mm-hmm. physically very strong. To do... Um, to plan on a 14-kilometre, you know, sort of cross-country through the forest run on a Sunday morning, that that takes some effort. She's obviously very well sort of versed in all the aspects, but the key to this as to the time she left on that Sunday morning, she had an engagement, a family engagement, around about um, 11 a.m. that that morning, Mm. but she left that early because of the heat that was the time of the day where it was still relatively cool she could get the run in and she's a seasoned runner the victorian police force they have been very guarded in their commentary then within the last 24 hours the commissioner of police who would be under a lot of pressure oh yeah he made a very interesting comment because the police line to this to this day has been that it's not a suspicious situation. I find that look, you know, we're not we're not privy to all the the ins and outs, but it seems like an odd thing to say. But then the commissioner almost contradicted his police force and made the opinion that well, the fact that she hasn't been seen for so long is is in itself suspicious. Then he said, however, uh, this is my opinion. Which is an interesting thing to say. Yeah. Yes, it's his opinion, but he's basically then saying that that is not necessarily the opinion of the police force in which he's in charge of. I found that interesting. There's also a homicide squad, ex-homicide squad detective mm-hmm. with 30 years under his belt. And he's already started to offer his opinion very publicly, including on the national broadcast of the ABC, giving his opinion because turns out yeah that a year ago mm-hmm. there was a woman jogging in that vicinity oh boy and she was bashed badly she was actually bashed to the point of being knocked unconscious the person used a weapon that was a rock tied mm-hmm. to a stick which to me is bizarre in the extreme in all my experience i've never encountered it's clearly a homemade weapon and the fact that this particular person had no shoes on, no shirt, and then you take into consideration the the homemade weapon, what what would you be thinking, Paul, out in the middle of nowhere as to perhaps the, the background of this particular person? I'm really not sure, but I'm... En- enlighten me. I, I feel, yep. and I don't know whether this angle has been pursued, yeah. but it could be a person sleeping rough could be a person who actually lives in that particular forest. And that's very, very plausible. There are people that live rough, incredibly concealed. I know places that I've um, been involved with with um, when I was in the police force in my forensic investigations. I remember a case we did up 
at uh, the National Park on the northern beaches mm-hmm. um, up near the Baha'i Temple mm-hmm. in Terry Hills. And I remember we were walking through the bush. Uh, we were following uh, a lead. This was rugged, deep, dense bush. We literally had to cut our way through it. And we came across what I would describe as a very beautifully and orderly maintained dwelling. Someone lived there. When we went and discovered this permanent camp, this is someone that's just opted out of society. They can come back and get food. They're entitled to benefits. They can use a public telephone. They can go to the local um, Commonwealth Employment Service office to, to get their benefits once a fortnight. That they can go to a hospital, they can do all of that, but they can choose to live in the bush. And I've seen the photographs of the woman that was bashed unconscious a year ago, and it's 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 a serious assault. When she regained consciousness, uh, again she was a runner. She managed to then jog um, three kilometres. She got back to her motor vehicle. She called Triple O. And the police came in and they carried out an extensive search. The homicide detective today is saying that, you know, hopefully the the police, and I'm quite sure, look, to me it's a no-brainer. They would be um, Mm. exhausting every possible avenue. But it's still, I think it had a bit of a sort of a, a national, did you feel a bit funny when you found out that they were scaling everything down, but the public didn't want it to scale down yeah it's odd i mean every case i read right now about a case that has gone wrong you know when you look back at a true crime case dad and they talk about the police handling of it and mm. you're sitting there going no what are you doing it's it's shocking how often i have that reaction and i'm not assuming that it's an easy job but i think this is one of those cases where i'm watching and we are watching in real time and sort of making judgment calls mm. about about things like this yeah scaling down this early seems I don't know. It seems I mean, look- interesting. There are lots of possibilities in this particular case, and I'm ever aware um, that there are people that are connected to the family and the police living, you know, so one likes to tread fair- fairly uh, warily. But we are a true crime podcast. That, of course, is inferring but I- that there is actually a crime. My issue, Dad, is that I'm sitting here going, okay, let's just say you are, you know, related and the police are remaining tight-lipped. They're, they're staying tight-lipped and vague and very coy and, you know, strategically, maybe. And then you have true crime podcasters going, nah, she's definitely dead. Or you have people getting online or even on A Current Affair or whatever saying, yeah, it's suspicious. I don't know how I would feel about that because the different narratives clearly aren't helping. Sometimes I think maybe the police release a specific angle because maybe the police want the public to think one thing and maybe it's strategic. And then later on... You find out that they did that because, yeah, they... I don't know. Could scaling back, could, you know, um, refusing to say whether it's suspicious or not, because they the, the police haven't officially stated whether or not... They haven't confirmed whether they're treating it like it's a suspicious kind of circumstance. Could that be deliberate? Or do they just not know what's going on and they're sort of flying in different directions? Like, what, what, what is your opinion on that? Okay, well, one has to sort of be very from a analytical sort of accountancy budgetary perspective one has to think that there are bean counters it's a very costly exercise 
They have limited resources. They have resources that have to be shared. We don't know about other cases happening within that area. Um, you know, there could be covert operations completely 100% unrelated to this case, but it has to divert funds and manpower to other... It's not the only thing happening. So you can't just, you can't just be looking sort of for eternity. Yes, there are going to be people, family members, friends, you know, people that are perhaps retired, people that do shift work, that have got some extra time, and, and they're going to maintain the, the vigil. You know, they're going to keep that candle yeah. alight. But, you know, as time drags on, it's like the big things in the world. I mean, let's take momentarily the war in Ukraine. It, it's in our nature. It's not possible for it to maintain front page for so long. I mean, I, when I found out that particular situation is in its third year, Paul. Yeah, it's. I, I, think I, it's I, called, I think it's called trauma fatigue, where yeah. something might even be getting worse and desperately needs our attention. But I know, the and lo- the, it. it it's like it wears out its welcome or Exactly, something. but not for the family. <laughs> no, fuck no, okay. no, no, no. It's, it, gets, it gets worse and more yes. important than ever, and you need to stay vigilant, yes. True. Now, I'm not going to, well, I am probably make a slight, um, slight, a slight slight against or sort of discuss a particular industry that has, generally speaking, it's, it's a lot cleaner today, but when I was in the... Uh, police force in the 1980s one of the most notorious um let's say businesses in certainly in in sydney and probably across australia that was notoriously run by criminals was the smash repair business and so if i'm going to be very honest sit here with a clear mind as i did at the very beginning of this case, or perhaps a few days into it, mm-hmm. one of the one of the alarm bells for me, and I don't know whether this, this is an alarm bell for the for the investigating police. One would hope so, at least to give it some credence. Is that the family own a smash repair business? Okay, now, you know, in a country town, smash repair business um, on the balance of probabilities, absolutely squeaky clean, but. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
if there was a smash repair business, similar story in Western Sydney, the police I know would be looking at aspects relating to that, the nature of the industry right. because it's infiltrated by organised crime, yeah. car rebirthing. I, a few years ago, one of my prized uh, utes was stolen and about a week later I was informed by the New South Wales Police Force and my insurer and that was stolen on the Northern Beaches, that that was the 165th Toyota Hilux ute stolen within a few weeks. Jesus Christ. Okay? 165 stolen. Yeah. And they were rebirthing them. They, they cut them in two. They, they get the identification, and they simply mix them around, weld them, and just mm. reissue. Yeah. So it's, it's a huge business. So there's that thing to think about. Then, of course, there's the S word that I'm going to use um, because it's because it's like dancing around something and not saying it because people feel uncomfortable. And that is that the person... Uh, th- these are things that the, clearly the police think about is that the person took their own life. However, one would imagine... You'll note that in this particular story, at the bottom of all um, articles, they don't have any reference to if this is causing distress, contact, lifeline. Right. Now, there's no, no mention of that, right. which is interesting, which hopefully means that that's not something that is to be considered. Then there's the, the, then there's the glaring possibility that it's an accident. I've given this great thought. There are a lot of mine shafts in that area. However, almost all of them are very shallow. The deep ones have been covered over with great. Also, she's an experienced runner. She's going to be keeping to a track. If you're an offender lying in waiting, you're going to be waiting near the track because on the balance of probabilities, you know, particularly if you know the area intimately, that someone at some stage is going to come along. Yeah. And if your propensity is to um, attack a woman, then it's a numbers game. If there's someone has got extreme local knowledge, there's also the possibility that the woman was followed from home and it's a very much a... Because she, if she's got a routine, yeah, routine is the easiest thing for a criminal, particularly in a country town. Yeah. I mean, Paul, you and Tegan, where you live, you can look out your lounge and window and see things that you almost expect to see because you know your environment intimately yeah you know the sounds you know you know we all become so inextricably intertwined with our environment um so i hope that nothing bad has happened but the 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 problem with this particular case is that we're getting into some pretty extended time. If she's been injured, it must be a very, very, very serious injury for her not to be able to crawl or climb. Um, if I was a, uh, if I was to give my opinion mm-hmm. as to as to the outcome of this particular case based on the information I have at this point in time. Bearing in mind the police, um, we don't know everything that's happening, but 
you know, the scaling down, um, you know, the family's plea, which was very emotional. Uh, the mm-hmm. girl, the daughter, yeah. well, you know, being one of three children. She's 51, this uh, this woman. She's, um, you know, she's smart. She's um, Something could have happened that was just completely out of the blue. I mean, if you're running along a track, mm-hmm. you, the last thing you expect is for someone to jump out and, and, and bash you. Well, I mean, um, it's bushland, and I'm looking at the map here of where she lives on Eureka Street and the search area. And they've kind of moved the search area south a little bit. They've expanded it towards um, a place called Bunanyong. Uh They haven't seen any footage of her on CCTV, so they can't verify much at all. And obviously it's a small town and they're not going to have CCTV around a regional park like this where she was running. I mean, I've look, out near where Tegan's parents live, in rural Gippsland, there are big stretches of, you know, basically national park and bushland and stuff with trails that really only four-wheel drives can traverse. And so we go jogging there or hiking there occasionally, uh, at least when it's not, you know, on fire. And one of the things we keep coming up with is the fact that there's just, you never see people, really. Occasionally you'll see a car in the distance when you're heading back to yours. But basically, this area she was running in is very similar. It's very quiet. It's very isolated. Uh, these tracks occasionally will have, yeah, four-wheel drive people there. There's, I think we hear joyriders on motorbikes in, in these areas. But like you said, apparently there's mine shafts. Uh, there's, they've got volunteers out looking and they've got, uh, I think they've got sniffer dogs out as well. Mm, that's good, sniffer yeah, dogs. Which is really um, good. <sighs> yeah. Look, my, my feeling, um, and I'm, I'd be very, very happy mm-hmm. to be um, proven wrong... But I feel that she's met with foul play. That's my feeling. Um, Based on the information I've got, my experience, um, my gut feeling, and gut feeling Uh is not to be dismissed. That that plays an important role. Sometimes think outside the square. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there would be detectives who were very experienced. They brought in the missing person's detective unit which is interesting because we didn't have that back in the early days um and they will be um they will be coming up with some extraordinary scenarios and and you have to because when you're dealing with potentially um a crime because the one well one of the things that if it if it is a crime that the person who is the offender yeah has there are two scenarios of course um there's the scenario that something terrible has happened uh the crime has been committed and uh the the person the victim has has been buried mm-hmm. the other more um interesting sinister complex theory is of course that the person is still alive um which creates all sorts of other problems. That, um, that feels like it's entering into a sort of odd conspiracy-ish yes. area. Mm. Whereas actually, I mean, the facts are, the family of a 51-year-old woman who went missing while jogging about 11 days ago in a small country town uh, are extraordinarily upset and are making mm. t- like heartfelt appeals to the press. The community is reaching out. Small towns have all kinds of stuff going on. I... 
fucking hell. This I can see why this case is so captivating, but mm. really it it does come from a place of concern because True. the fact is it's just she's a mum who went out for a jog, right? Um the place where she went jogging is about ten minutes from the C B D in Ballarat. Which means it's not bushland, bushland, right? It's not like she's in the middle of the forest. It's a little, pe- it's you know, basically think of it as like a an area of scrubland just outside a busy area. Which means technically, and tourism is not out of the question in Ballarat. People do come to visit, right? Mm. Which means she's actually within ten minutes of walking distance of where tourists could be. Which means it could be someone from outside of Ballarat. It doesn't have to be a local. This isn't a small. This isn't like that thing we watched, uh, that place in Laramie. Remember that that terrifying, depressing true crime series in that small town up in northern Australia with, you know, like yeah. seven people. It's, this is not that. Ballarat is a thriving place, okay? Mm. So for those of you outside of Australia, when we talk about bushland and a country town, this is not, this is not a typical version of True. That. Paul, another thing that the police would have done fairly quickly yeah. is eliminate members of the family. Gotcha. Uh, that's very important. As in, not eliminate as in get rid of them. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But, um, um, you know, yeah. that has to be considered because there have been so many cases. Yeah. Classic cases. There have been cases in in and around Sydney and in every city and lots of towns across the world where, of course, ultimately one finds out that, you know, it was someone close. Mm-hmm. So they have to eliminate all these people. If they don't do that... It's it's not good police work, um, but as time goes by, uh, of course, people's imagination obviously starts to go crazy. Yeah, and people. That's why I hope we've done this in a, a fairly measured, way. respectful yeah. way, um, mm. and I hope. Actually, every day I. I do check um, the ABC news feed just to flash, just to see mm. if if they found her. So you know, I'm um, concerned. But then let's don't forget about all the other missing people in Australia and and everywhere, and for all those families that never ever get over it. Yeah. And listeners, if you want to just sort of put yourself in the, sh- you can't really put yourself in those shoes. There may be some listeners that have experienced this firsthand, the sense of dread um, is, it's just terrible. And sometimes when really bad things happen, you think, well, why couldn't something really good have happened? I guess the opposite to something really bad is winning the lottery. But the odds are equally Mm -hmm. small, thank God. So you might say, oh, I've gone in this lottery so many times and I've never won anything and it's just ridiculous. But you can also thank your lucky stars by saying, you know what, I might not win the lottery, but also I've never lost anyone to something terrible. Most people go through life and it's just fairly, no, I won't say mundane, but, you know, the natural process just evolves and, terrible things that we read about um and also we've mentioned that paul our podcast exists because of terrible things happening yeah which is just so i question that sometimes um 
But I like to think that we speak with compassion and clearly when we do our live shows, there's a, a sense of, look, you know, I think we do things, um, as you say, in a respectful way and it's important. Yep. But I really do hope that this has a positive outcome. Oh, my God, me too. I mean, if you literally head to uh, Google, whack in the news and type in Samantha Murphy, you will get the latest headlines. And at this point, uh, the latest is, you know, uh, last night, it's been branded suspicious. Mm. Dad, it is now regarded as suspicious. Right. That's okay. it. Well, that's, that's the update. Yeah. Well, that's sad. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. This is what happens when a case is happening and unfolding live and we're doing a podcast based on information which we checked last night. Jesus Christ, this is recent. Okay, so I'll read this. Police have revealed a change of direction in their investigation into how mother of three Samantha Murphy vanished 10 days ago. Uh, Victoria's police chief has admitted there are suspicious circumstances surrounding the disappearance of Ballarat mum Samantha Murphy. Okay. And this is a very recent update. Now, folks, of course, you'll be hearing this a day after. And this is the problem because we're releasing this. You know what? Dad, mm-hmm. should I release it today? No, it's okay. We're releasing this a day after we record it, which means by the time you hear this episode, they may have good news or bad news. Things may have evolved, but we are literally stuck in this cycle because typically speaking, we're either dealing with dad's cases from the 80s, in which case, you know, the statute of limitations has long since passed, or we're talking about Australian or international true crime, which is already in the public record, in which case it's, you know, already being dealt with. But at this point, yeah, it's now being considered suspicious. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to end up the way it could end up, but it does mean that the detectives are now considering some of the worst-case scenarios. I cannot express just how ardently our fucking fingers and toes are crossed that Samantha comes through okay, that her family is okay, that the community is okay. But we will endeavor to keep you updated, and obviously all of you will do what you usually do, and that is stay in touch with us and keep us updated. And we really appreciate you all being on it so much. But look, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Units Loose Ends, our weekly spin-off podcast. We'll be back, we'll be back next week, first thing in the week, well, Tuesday morning, with Loose Units, The Shadow Files. In the meantime, have a great weekend, stay safe, and we will see you soon for more Loose Units. Bye, everyone. Cheerio. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.